This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Paul Cochran here, making finances easier. Uh, I'm with uh, Providence Advisors Group here in Knoxville. I'm joined this morning with my friend and colleague, Garrett Crawford. Good morning, Garrett. Good morning. Trivia question. So it's uh, summer is, is upon us. It's uh, warm outside. You've got an eight-year-old daughter. What would be a fun activity for you and your daughter, Ella, when it's warm outside? Well, she, uh, it was actually funny the other day, you asked a question uh, about what I would do with Miles and uh, Ella, for some reason, I think my wife was listening to, the, to, the, to our radio show, mm-hmm. and she said, hey dad, maybe, uh, maybe next time you could ask about me. <laughs> And so that, that's funny uh, that, you, that you bring that up. Uh, so she'll be tuning in to our show on Saturday mornings, uh, and hopefully she'll hear this. But, uh, you know, I, I love my daughter, um, but I also only grew up with brothers, and so it's been a whole new experience for me to have a daughter and to know what they're interested in when. And my son is, uh, you know, he's all boy, all sports, throw with me all the time. And uh, my daughter, she, she's uh, she, she's got uh, interest that I'm learning they're just different and so if she's kind of artsy and yeah she? she is and uh, so i was going to say um probably two or three different things she, she loves to swim mm-hmm. and so she's doing swim team this summer mm-hmm. and so just last night we had a blast at port sanders pool she was uh uh <coughs> she was teaching me how to do strokes and so <laughs> I, I, I like to swim but i've never had any teaching and she's uh. had some instruction and so she was showing me last night at the pool uh just some of the tricks of doing breaststroke and butterfly and how to do flip turns and, and we just had a blast doing that but she uh she also loves art and uh, she would be perfectly content to sit on the back porch and uh, there's this YouTube channel that she follows, we follow, I think it's called uh, Art Hub. Art, art for Kids Hub. Okay. And uh, it's this family out in Utah and they are just great at t- teaching kids how to draw pictures and uh, we've sat there for hours and hours and hours and watched them uh, teach us how to do drawings. So That's uh, great. swimming would be an answer, but probably just hanging out and doing some, some drawing on the YouTube channel. Yeah, I know on two different dates uh, with Ella, I've uh, gotten uh, just Legos, one of these little small Lego sets. And and uh, boy, she she's the Lego queen right now. She just loves those things. Yeah, and it's, it's almost, I, I thought about saying that, but it's almost the imagination part of it. Yep. She, she likes building it, yep. but she gets way more enjoyment than I ever did as a kid with the like coming up with stories and pretending with them after she's built them but that's uh, right well um a little bit of a continuation of what we talked about in the last episode last episode we talked about a particular kind of overall strategy that we our, our team 
uh, uses uh, called the tilt portfolio where we take a mixture of a lot of different strategies that we have and we put them all in one kind of a big strategy and we we weight w-e-i-g-h-d uh, different uh, little portfolios within that overall strategy depending on what the market is doing at, at that time but today what I'd like to look at are some of these um, individual kind of strategies that we have and uh, and I was just looking that there are at least 20 uh, different uh, uh, strategies that can be used uh, in different scenarios um, there are there are risk uh, considerations there are tax considerations uh, there are uh, you know growth considerations there's uh, also individual investor preference uh, considerations correct not all our clients feel the same <laughs> right so let's let's go ahead and just touch on some of those and how and why we might use some of these um, what what conditions some scenarios where we wouldn't use a certain type of portfolio so let's unpack that a little bit yeah sure so so first let's talk about um, uh, let's talk about uh, if someone is let, let let's say they're 50 and they're they're saving for retirement and um, uh, they're trying to figure out where to save their money. How do they know what type of an account to use to save their money? What are some places your mind goes, Garrett, as you uh, talk to that 50 something about? how to allocate yeah uh i love this stuff um and it's i guess that's why i have fun at my job but one of the first things you're going to have to draw somebody out about if they're 50 still working and accumulating we've got to figure out what kind of employment that they do and so you know most commonly you're going to have an employee where you aren't the boss and you aren't running your own company uh, but you work for a corporation a business and a lot of times you'll have a you know a 401k but there's another kind of investment we see a lot of them a lot of more clients where they have built wealth through owning a business and if you are a business owner if you're self-employed uh, you have like this whole other uh, for lack of better words I'm just thinking like a buffet bar of different investment accounts that you can utilize and nobody's gonna sit around and tell you for free at least uh, what's the best one to be using and so I don't we, don't we don't need to dive into that today but a self-employee owner you know you're gonna have set by IRAs you're gonna have individual 401ks you can use a traditional IRA as well you might uh, they have simple IRAs and now you can do those in Roth components and if you're self-employed your contribution limits are a lot higher and so then if you just went to a traditional IRA and invested seven thousand dollars or something and so one of my one of my first thoughts is we've got to really draw somebody out that's 50 and still working mm -hmm. what what type of account is best mm -hmm. but then we're gonna let's let's kind of zoom back out and let's say it's kind of the most common situation where we have an employee mm -hmm. that's 50 mm -hmm. they aren't running their own business yep. and they they need to save extra money you know maybe they they are fortunate enough to be maxing out a 401k at work right. and 20 something thousand dollars going in there um 
but they, they, they just, maybe they got a late start, maybe they got a job promotion, they're trying to put extra money away for retirement. Uh, we're going to be looking at, uh, you know, what is it, what is it, if they're married, what does their spouse do? We're also going to be looking at uh, maybe we should make a, a Roth contribution that could be $7,000. But I feel like a lot of these conversations, Paul, come down uh, to a to, to some tax planning. Yes. And one common account that people don't always think about that they can contribute as much money as they want to is a non-retirement account. If you're just a single person, we'll just call it an individual brokerage account. Or if you're married, we'll call it a joint account. And so these don't have any tax-deferred, tax-free elements to them, but they also don't have penalties and restrictions to them either. And so I feel like it's kind of the overlooked investment account that can fulfill so many check boxes and goals for clients when they hit that age where, uh, you know, let's say somebody's making quite a bit of money at work and they want to save an extra $30,000 a year for the next five or 10 years. Uh, a joint account can be a great place to invest that money where let's say life comes up and they need to, maybe they need to help out a kid. Maybe they need to buy a new home. Maybe they, uh, you know, there's, there's a myriad of reasons why you might need access to that money before 65 when you retire. I think a joint account can be great, but with joint account investing for a married couple, it comes with tax challenges. And so that's where, when we look at our different tools in our tool belt, uh, whether it's an investment strategy, uh, whether it's cash in the bank, we want to make sure that we are aware of that client's current tax bracket. Could it go up or down? what would it be if we generated long-term capital gains instead of short-term capital gains? But tax planning and tax foresight, I feel like, uh, becomes a very important piece of how to invest that additional money. Yes, uh, and I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because uh, the tendency uh, that so many people lean towards is they know that they're supposed to be saving in their 401k, rightfully so, but what ends up happening is they've got this kind of uh, uh, mono uh, a view towards their retirement savings. Everything's going into their 401k. Everything is tax deferred. And they've got this growing tax liability in this 401k. They, they think they have 600. Well, what they really have is 400 because it's not all theirs. Yeah. And so... Um, there's uh, before we even talk about asset allocation that brings diversification you and I are kind of um, uh, fans of uh, kind of a tax diversification where we have uh, some traditional slash 401k tax deferred we have some Roth growing tax-free we have some non IRA some non-qualified joint account like you're describing there Um, and each one of those uh, is can play a critical role in in this in the saving strategy that we're doing and each one of those really could use a different uh, investment makeup yeah and I'd also say uh, 
because we see a lot of these clients, there's nothing wrong. They've they've done they're good savers and they yeah. put money into their 401k. And that that really we can't teach. And yeah. so it's great to see that. And so it's like somebody saved. It's like we can work with that. But what what you'll often find is that you're kind of backed into a corner, and uh, you know you've got to take it out of the IRA. You really don't have a choice. That's going to be taxable income at your marginal tax bracket. Uh, but the the more the more balanced uh, somebody's life savings are, they're in a joint account, Roth, traditional IRA. All those are treated differently with taxes, like you said. But it gives us additional flexibility. And when somebody calls, and uh, just just the other day, somebody needed. Uh, they're, they're buying a house up in the Northeast and they needed access to some of their funds. It was like $250,000. And if, if all that money was in an IRA, mm. uh, it, they wouldn't be buying that house. No. Uh, I uh-uh. don't think they would. Uh-uh. Uh, but because they had saved in a joint account and they had a, this is kind of tax lingo, but a basis, they didn't have to pay taxes really on almost anything mm-hmm. of the $250,000 that they needed. It, 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 as, our, as the advisor, it makes it very easy to help them accomplish a goal yeah. without this this, well, you know, if you take out two hundred fifty thousand, you know, you're going to be left with twenty five percent less. So we need to take out even more, and then it gets uncomfortable. Right. And I, I say, as uh, as a financial planner, we we enjoy having the flexibility to uh, pull from different types of account, and I also think it helps us with unknown tax legislation in the future because we don't know what yes. Congress is going to do. Uh, you know, we're talking about this deficit uh, at the moment. Will taxes have to go up? Probably, uh, it'll be interesting to see where that lands. But uh, let's say they come out and you know, IRAs aren't as uh, attractive as they used to be, or Roth IRAs aren't as attractive as they used to be, or non-retirement account isn't as attractive as they used to be. Diversifying your savings into different tax buckets uh, helps you mitigate against some of the things that you can't control. Yeah, and so oftentimes uh, we'll actually, uh, the question will come, well, I, I want to be able to save some extra money. Where should I do it? And oftentimes, not not every time, but a lot of times we'll just want to make sure that they're at least getting the match. If there's a match available, put enough in there to get the match. But that's kind of the only, uh, dare I say, non-negotiable. After that, it could be that they shouldn't put any more into their 401k based on what they've already done. They might need to go ahead and just max out a Roth for both him and her, which could be, if they're over 50, that could be 14 grand a year. They can save that much, perhaps. Um, uh, plus uh, a non-IRA account, a joint account. And uh, one of the things that came up in the interview yesterday that I did with one of the fund managers is uh, is that stable value fund right now. It's a, you know, net of fees is like running like a 4.2% and it's totally liquid. And so it's a great little safe haven, a little kind of almost like an emergency account uh, for, for a strategy. So, okay, so we've got uh, um an IRA portion, a, a traditional that's growing tax deferred. We got a Roth that's growing tax free. We got a joint account. Again, to simplify, let's just let's just work with those three types of money for a second, and let's talk about how some of these portfolios might fit in there. So, if I have uh, a portfolio that I know going into it 
is not going to have a lot of trading, where should I allocate that and why? If you have a, if, if you have a, one of those joint accounts, those non-IRA accounts, and that would be the ideal place for a low turnover, low transaction. Why is that? Because if you if if you hold a security position, an ETF, a mutual fund, anything, if you go out into the market and you buy a security, and you hold that for at least one year, you don't sell it under that one-year period, you become eligible for something they call long-term capital gains rates. That's either going to be uh, 0%, 15%, or 20%. And so you can imagine a scenario where, uh, let's say somebody's still working, and they're in the 32% income tax tax bracket, which starts at, uh, for married filing jointly. Uh, you know that's, that's 364,000, but even below that, at 24%, uh, an income level of 190,000 for married filing jointly, and it's quite a bit lower for an individual person. Uh, you, if you hold a security for longer than one year, you become eligible for these preferential long-term gain rates. And so, if let's just say some a married filing jointly house was making $200,000 a year, that would put them into the 24% tax bracket. Uh, you'd be eligible for a 15% tax bracket instead of 24 uh, if your income is above 89,000 and below 553,000. So the point there is that if, if you can hold, if you have a, an investment strategy that doesn't turn over and you don't sell those securities for longer than a year, uh, you, you, your tax bracket, when you do go to make a distribution, could be significantly lower, 15% versus 24%. And when people are generating retirement income, that makes a big difference for whether they can make it last or not. Perfect. So conversely, if I have an account that um, I know going into it, there's going to be some trading in that account. The active managers have, have as a mission uh, uh, where in this particular strategy, they're not trying to necessarily save money on taxes. What they're trying to do is cause the portfolio to appreciate. They want it to grow. So if they have a, a, a basket of dividend-paying companies and you know, a couple of those companies drop their dividend, they might replace those with, you know, with two other companies. Okay, so uh, following your logic, if we know that there's a strategy that's going to have some turnover but, but maybe some, some growth benefit, what type of money would you use for that? Yeah. Uh, You've got really two great places, uh, a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. Both of those are retirement accounts. And so your 401k would probably be akin to a traditional IRA. And it doesn't matter how many trades happen in that account. It doesn't matter whether it's growth or whether dividends are paid out. All that matters, and actually even these days, it doesn't matter how many trades there are in that account because uh, most right. of the time trades are free, at least right. for, for what we have at TD Ameritrade. Right. Um, and so tr- trades don't matter. Dividends and interest don't matter. Uh, 
it's 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 just an ideal place for a for an investment strategy that may require or maybe you want some higher upside with with active management and so uh, traditional IRA and a Roth IRA are, are the way to go there and even you know we were talking about our tilt last week uh, it does it doesn't have a, a lot of turnover but we were talking about if somebody had a large 401k and they were rolling it over we'd feel comfortable putting absolutely. the whole thing into the tilt absolutely and. What, what is, what's great about it is, uh, you know, we were talking last week about finance sector. There's a, you know, bigger banks, smaller banks, weighting the, the bigger banks a, a higher percentage. You can do that in an IRA and a Roth IRA and not have to worry uh, about the tax consequences there. Right, right. And then we have um, uh, all the way, let's take the other extreme, maybe uh, uh, our, our gradient 33 which uh, this year has been doing really well. Um, it is uh, the growth portfolio. It owns 33 different growth-oriented companies, uh, or maybe our, uh, our 40i. It's 40 dividend-paying companies that are internationally based, which has actually done real well so far this year. Too. And I was going to pipe into, you made that that comment a second ago about the risk component, like how long until you need access, and then also the tax uh, version. But w- what we'll often find with clients, Roth money is usually going to be your last bucket of money that you touch because it's growing tax-free. You'd rather let that grow forever than your IRA money. So we must but, put the riskier stuff there. Well, the, even the riskier more turnover stuff in a Roth. So it's kind of got two different levels. It's not just throw the tax efficient stuff in one account. Well, we got to look at tax efficiency and also timeline. So like that gradient 33, uh, without looking, I bet if I went through our clients, we would see more gradient 33s in a Roth account because it's usually long-term growth and there's turnover. And so it's a good good fit for a Roth. Even some of these structured notes that we've uh, talked about in previous shows where we actually utilize a bank, one of these large banks like a, a Morgan Stanley or a Bank of America, and it'll be a, a short-term little note. It might be 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. We always do those for at least 366 days. Why? So that we get long-term capital gain uh, uh, from those. So there's, uh, we often say that we don't want taxes to drive the bus necessarily um, because we, we'd rather, you know, people say, well, are taxes a problem? Well, only if you're successful, you know? Yeah. So the, the primary thing is we want to grow this thing, but we don't want to, uh, taxes uh, are, are important in terms of how you grow the portfolio. That's where everybody's going to be a little different, and uh, we could we could spend more shows talking about tax planning and how we do that. But eight six five seven seven zero five zero three one making finances easier dot com. You could go there and look us up. In fact, at our website, uh, either at making finances easier dot com or you could go to Providence Advisors Group dot com dot com. Get you to the same place. We actually under resources, you can look at all these portfolios and see how they're all designed and and. If you have questions, you could give us a holler. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online 
at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.